0: doctor coming right up but first i would like to let you know that the views and opinions expressed throughout the broadcast day are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of the station staff underwriters or volunteers occasionally speakers are speaking for other folks as well time is made available for all sorts of viewpoints especially yours if you call up during an appropriate time of course and give it to us yay we love our listeners And support for The Herb Doctor comes from Tony Jones, who who provides Niazii Healing, a hands-on healing philosophy where together Tony and her client can explore old patterns and beliefs that no longer serve. Once empowered with new perspectives, different choices can be made, moving towards a life that's truly desired. Contact Tony Jones at 707-223-2724 for further information or to schedule an appointment. The Herb Doctors. Well, welcome to this month's
1: Ask Your Herb Doctor. My name's Andrew Murray.
2: And my name's Sarah Johannesson Murray. Welcome.
1: So today's Friday, April the 15th, 2022. Uh, The subject of uh, this month's discourse is COVID. The more you vaccinate, the greater your chance of getting COVID. Uh, We'll be joined with Dr. Raymond Pete in just a bit, but I wanted to open up the beginning of the show with a couple of paragraphs related to the beginning subject uh, of tonight's discourse. We'll talk about COVID, uh, we'll talk about authoritarianism uh, and free speech, and things surrounding disinformation, I think it's a fairly hot topic. So, the fully vaccinated now infected at triple the rate of the unvaccinated, an article by Steve Kirch, April 6, 2022, outlines the worldwide reporting, including FARA evaluations done by the governments of Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. In the case of the once completely open government reporting agency of the UK, the UK Health Security Agency, instead of stopping the vaccines, the UK government stopped the data as the overwhelming results implied vaccine-driven infections were becoming widespread, and the main cause of continuing viral infection was the continued drive to further vaccinate the general public. It doesn't get any more egregious. Don't take my word for it. Check yourself. The vaccines are driving infection amongst the vaccinated primarily as the unvaccinated get and get over infection, which was never the deadly pandemic that was media-driven. In the early days of the pandemic, people like Professor Sucharit-Barcardi were warning about the repercussions stating thrombosis and clot formation were likely. Many sudden deaths from this have occurred, especially in the young. Fifteen countries suspended the AstraZeneca vaccine after this was highlighted last year. Both disseminated intravascular coagulation and cerebral venous thrombosis were the causes. It does seem that all the hype and social control are losing traction as we learn to live with, not vaccinate against, COVID. Cardiomyopathies among the young increased at an alarming never-before-seen rate driven by the drug, along with sudden cardiac arrest, multiple autoimmune syndromes, together with crippling stroke and the already mentioned clot formation. But the damage has been done, and really, are we ready for the next rollout? How many will gladly take the next shot? And has the Ukrainian war and Russia's bombing of it distracted us from the crumbling economy, not just of America, but nations worldwide, whilst the next contagion is prepared? Disinformation has been a tactic of warfare since the beginning, but the truth's always present. Dr. Peter McCulloch exemplifies this in his tireless crusades, both to the Senate testimonies nationally and governments internationally, along with Dr. Robert Malone pioneer of the very technology used to create the experimental drug used, and many other scientists opposed it from the beginning. Dr. Pete, you stated this from the beginning also, and it's a testimony to you that you were sounding an alarm regarding the fabrication of the infection and death data early in 2020 when we did the first COVID show with you in March 2020. We spent most of 2020 and a lot of 21 doing shows on COVID with you, describing just this. And so where are we now? Dr. Pete? are you with us? Yeah, yes. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, for those who are listening, uh, Dr. Raymond Pete has been with us for quite some time now, sharing his expertise uh, with many subjects. And we'll get out his information towards the end of the show, but we're very pleased to have you with us again. So before I ask you the question, where are we now?, um, would you please outline your academic and scientific background for people that may or may not have heard you? Um, I,
3: I was um, working in the humanities, uh, linguistics in particular, uh, for several years before I decided to uh, go back to graduate school, first in, intending to concentrate on brain biology, uh, but uh, seeing the dogmatic uh, uh, nature of of that department, I I looked around for a a more scientific uh, part of biology and found that that happened to be the uh, reproductive physiology. And so I uh, did my dissertation uh, on uh, the uh, physiology of aging in the reproductive system, especially uh, uh, oxidative changes with age. Uh, And uh, since then I've been uh, applying those insights to um, uh, both uh, going back and studying uh, brain physiology uh, with a new perspective uh, and uh, working out the ways to intervene in the problems of of aging and stress. All
1: right, thank you. So getting getting to the um, opening part of tonight's um, discussion, Um, we've spoken at length over the months from 2020 or March 2020 uh, until now doing shows on COVID, and you were right there in March 2020 saying there's something seriously wrong with the data about the infection rates um, you said very plainly and has been recorded on our shows, which are recorded every third Friday of the month, so people can check out the archives.
2: Actually, while we're talking about the numbers, Dr. Pete, can you outline what you saw happening with the overall mortality in the oh. first couple months of
3: 2020? Uh, uh, yeah, for a while, the uh, uh, Centers for Disease Control, uh, the last months of 2019 uh, into the first few months of 2020, uh, they showed a uh, uh, historically Uh, unique uh, drop in the total mortality uh, of the United States and uh, that was very uh, attention getting but by uh, the summer they did another historically unique thing of going back and revising the numbers because people were talking about uh, did they save up and not report the deaths for several months uh, with the foreknowledge that they would need to uh, uh, have some kind of documentation for a surge of deaths uh, when the uh, 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 pandemic was declared. Uh, So uh, just as a a few of us were predicting uh, that uh, very weird historical uh, uh, process starting in the, the fall of 2019 and continuing up until uh, the spring of 2020 when the pandemic was declared uh, that was revised uh, uh, I think it was in uh, May or June that the CDC said well uh, that was mistake- mistaken for some reason uh, every uh, health department in the country was very very slow in uh, reporting all the deaths uh, so Uh, really those numbers weren't right. And then when we have this surge of, uh, uh, a huge surge of so-called COVID deaths, uh, uh, that wasn't deaths that had been saved up. Those were uh, new and real deaths. But looking at the same figures, uh, the very week that the uh, pandemic death surge occurred, It happened, again, uniquely in history that the uh, annual number of deaths ascribed to influenza that that had been going on every year as long as records were kept. Suddenly, influenza deaths disappeared from the record, suddenly just falling off a cliff. The very week that the a uh, very high death rate was reported for COVID. Uh, uh, that, that whole thing, if anyone that looked at the numbers uh, uh, it found it impossible to believe that uh, that was some kind of a statistical uh, 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 event of, uh, uh, other than uh, uh, manipulation. um, All
2: right, thank you.
3: A a, a few people like uh, James Corbett with the Corbett Report had already been, uh, uh, I I guess he started with people like uh, the speeches given by Eric Schmidt, formerly of uh, of Google, uh, moved over to uh, the uh, Pentagon in a committee. Uh, studying artificial intelligence in the spring uh, and uh, uh, several months after the spring of 2019. He was uh, giving the judgment of his committee in the Department of Defense, confirming ideas that had been put out in, uh, I think it was 2010 or 2011, by the Rockefeller Foundation Foundation. Uh, and Eric Schmidt in the Pentagon uh, said, yeah, their projections are just right. We have to destroy the existing economies, uh, the old-fashioned legacy economies, so that we can install artificial intelligence, digital economies, and achieve high efficiency very quickly to keep uh, the Chinese from uh, dominating the world economy. Uh, James Corbett had worked out, uh, watching what the Federal Reserve uh, uh, and uh, uh, the masses of uh, chief uh, uh, executives of the giant corporations, what they were uh, the precautions they were taking. Uh, And you could see the movement in the money. Something was about to go haywire in the whole financial system uh, and it happened that the, uh, uh, the the practice runs uh, for a, a, a pandemic of a coronavirus, which had been uh, acted out uh, in New York in the fall of 2019. Uh, uh, those preparations were in place, ready ready to install as soon as they had some real-world event to uh, justify uh, these extreme uh, changes. Uh, right, that um,
2: pandemic play out was the event 201 you're referring to, right? I,
3: I didn't hear that.
2: The pandemic um, mock-up event that you're referring to was event 201.
3: Oh, oh yeah, right? yeah. the The mock-up of, of what they would do uh, – around the world simultaneously uh, when the uh, coronavirus uh, epidemic uh, uh, had everything uh, uh, almost exactly as it happened uh, uh, predicted uh, several months in advance. Uh, And the the plan, going back to the Rockefeller Foundation uh, uh, ten years earlier, uh, was to use that as an excuse to destroy the old economies, allowing the digital economies and artificial intelligence to take over. And the purpose of that was to prevent the worldwide financial crisis from hurting the billionaire class and by destroying middle class, medium, and small businesses, Uh, The uh, pandemic measures, uh, lockdowns in particular, uh, uh, destroyed the the local economies to the extent that people had to do their shopping uh, online, meaning uh, that Amazon got this gigantic multi-billion dollar uh, boost in income, Uh, and Eric Schmidt uh, uh, almost a year earlier had said that that was what they were uh, working on doing. Uh, So it it was clear from from the speeches uh, of these uh, highly influential uh, government people that uh, they were intending to shift power and wealth from the uh, masses of uh, especially middle-class businesses over to the billionaire uh, monopoly class.
2: Right, and that's what some people said, Walmart didn't close, all the big chain stores did not close, but the independent shop owners were put out of business.
3: Uh, Yeah, all of the billionaires multiplied their wealth hugely. And uh, just a, a few months ago, it was obvious that people were getting a little... Uh, uh, informed about uh, the actual nature of the so-called pandemic uh, and were getting tired of uh, losing their their incomes. And the government came up with not just a distraction, but a further manipulation of finances such that uh, there was even a greater... A beginning shift of moving wealth from the masses of the people. Everyone who heats their house or drives a car, for example, is having to pay several times more for their, their heat and gasoline, while these American oil companies happen to have a tremendous increase of sales under the pressure of cutting off purchases of cheap gas and oil from Russia and forcing Europe to do the same with the threat of extreme depression in Europe. But in that one move, the U.S. oil companies are enriched while Europe and ordinary people in the United States are suffering great economic shortfalls. Uh, And so exactly what the uh, pandemic had been uh, working towards for 10 years or more uh, uh, was intensified around the time that the effectiveness of the pandemic was weakening. They came up with sanctions uh, and uh, by sanctioning uh, the, the possibility of of buying your oil and gas from Russia at very low prices, it poured all of the consumers' money into the American oil companies and energy companies. And at the same time, Russia had markets for the oil that Europe and America wouldn't buy, and the price of oil went up, and so Russia is making much, much more money uh, now with the sanctions. Uh, so the sanctions are uh, taking money uh, away from Americans, uh, giving it to the billionaires and to the Russian economy.
1: Wow. Well, wow, well, unbelievable. I, let me just interject there, Dr. P., and um, keep people in information before we carry on. If you're listening to Ask Your Herb, Dr. KMD mudi 91.1 FM, from seven thirty till the end of the show at eight o'clock you're invited to call in with questions. Uh, this month we're surrounding the increasing infection amongst the vaccinated, um the rollout of the totalitarian plan and it's not it's not fiction, it's fact, and you can check it any which way you like. Um Dr Pete, you've already outlined uh, let me give you the number first, seven zero seven nine two 707. 923 So, Dr. P, in that first uh, discourse, you've uh, neatly summed up the whole plan, as it were, clearly outlined from the Rocker Foundation's uh, inception of their uh, Event 201 and their 2011 papers. Uh, we've already found out from multiple sources how coronaviruses were being manipulated, the whole gain of function research that was done. Fauci is completely embroiled in all of it. So are all the big multinational drug companies that already had a technology from dr malone's pioneering work in 1990s uh, on viruses and engineering them and how all of this even the patents for these very viruses uh, which were granted completely illegally but granted nonetheless and that we've had programs about that and there's plenty of information factual information to Uh, let people find more about this. Uh, These viruses themselves are patented and the whole thing was a huge scheme to monopolize control both over the production of the drug, the distribution of the drug, the testing of the virus itself uh, and the um, the entire machinery of it was geared and funneled into very few select corporations and governments have been completely complicit in this. So getting back to Uh, the thrust and the content uh, around my first question to you, Dr. Pete, where are we now? Um, Steve Kirsch's newsletter that outlined um, the results both from the uh, UK uh, Ministry of Health, the New Zealand Ministry of Health, um, and the Australian government's health databases all show that the fully vaccinated are affected at twice the rate of the unvaccinated. For UK data, it's not quite three times, but it's twice the rate. And that has a record breaking outbreak in Australia, um, seeing a 1,700% higher death rate than the start of the pandemic. Now, Dr. Malone, when he first started coming forward, I think he stepped out of the shadows, I think initially, obviously, as an inventor of this technology for mRNA vaccines. Um, I think somehow his hand uh, was forced through his ideals and he saw what was happening and basically decided to just expose what had been going on and what was going on as a nefarious procedure because these drugs had very well known uh, and thought out side effects. I mean, the antibody-dependent enhancement that was being talked about in the early days uh, the uh, autoimmune diseases and then the whole potential for weakening the immune system is what we are seeing now amongst the vaccinated. they are repeatedly getting uh coronavirus infections and they are forming the largest cohort of people dying um, so without without laboring that point any further, um how would you speak to the um increasing infection amongst the vaccinated uh and how you think this is, I mean mean—I'd I hate to say it, the whole part of the plan of the, the uh, rollout of the coronavirus quote-unquote vaccine, um, but it's ultimately resulting in a much more severe situation rather than contracting this relatively survivable um, disease and getting lifelong, robust, durable immunity that Dr. Peter McCulloch has been crusading for 20-something months. Uh, testifying to Congress and to international government saying that it's got to be stopped because the safety data is completely off the rails and would never have got by uh, regular trials had it not been a quote unquote emergency use authorization that was granted to it. So and what do you say about the increasing infections amongst the vaccination, uh, the vaccinated individuals, and uh, how do you see this um, playing out in the future?
3: A a few uh, virologists uh, have been uh, giving uh, some of the mechanisms that explain it. Uh, The German virologist, uh, Suchar Bhakti, uh, for example, has a couple of very good videos uh, showing the the simplified mechanisms uh, of uh, how how the immune system works, uh, what the differences between native immunity and vaccine-induced immunity the natural immunity which lasts a lifetime is completely different from the immunity from a vaccine which originally they were saying that the vaccines would produce a lifetime of immunity but it has turned out that I think every vaccine, when it has been investigated a few years after the vaccination, all of the vaccines in use last only a very short time. And it's especially true with the COVID RNA vaccines. that They fade out in just a few months. And so they are... Saying that it's going to be necessary to get a, 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 a renewal and a reactivation about every year to maintain some immunity but the when when you think about the mechanisms explained by dr bhakti that you're going backwards the more of the booster shots you take and uh, basically the reason for that is that uh, natural immunity uh, uh, and uh, this in a way includes the original effective smallpox vaccine uh, natural infections uh, occur either through the skin getting scratched or uh, the uh, germ rubbed in or by insulation or, or ingestion And those routes activate an extremely complex system uh, uh, starting from the very surfaces uh, inside the skin, inside the mucous membranes uh, and lining of the digestive system. Uh, Starting there, uh, there are cascades uh, of uh, reactions ending up uh, with some antibodies, but the antibodies in natural immunity are, are just a tiny sort of backup part of the process. The real immunity involves your whole body, many many different cellular systems. And uh, the uh, the reason the, the smallpox vaccine was so effective was that it was uh, given by a natural Uh, intradermal, scratching your skin, uh, uh, for example, uh, with the uh, 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 antigen of the virus. uh, That activated the natural immunity and uh, produced uh, more or less lifelong immunity. But uh, several doctors looking at their – they they allowed some of the parents to decline – a vaccination of their kids, and they kept good records of what happened subsequently over several years to the kids who avoided the dozens of vaccinations that the obedient kids were getting, and looking at their records, the difference is essentially black and white Uh, The the kids who avoided the the whole range of many of the standard vaccines, uh, 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 nothing to do with the RNA vaccines, just uh, the standard intramuscular injection of antigens. Uh, The kids who avoided the vaccinations, uh, or at least most of them, uh, uh, were absolutely in a different group for uh, having almost no uh, sicknesses during childhood uh, and having drastically lower uh, rates of uh, hyperactivity syndromes uh, while the obediently vaccinated kids uh, had all of the usual uh, complaints, frequent uh, respiratory infections, uh, a high rate of, of uh, behavior disorders, and so on. Uh, And uh, that, uh, it doesn't, uh, since the smallpox vaccine is no longer given, it doesn't say uh, that the smallpox vaccine would have had that effect. But uh, for for well over 100 years, uh, people have been studying the effect of injecting anything intramuscularly especially if it comes with a powerful producer of inflammation such as uh, aluminum hydroxide. Uh, but uh, any any uh, irritant injected into the muscle where it goes directly into contact with nerve axons and uh, blood vessels, uh, the effects of any uh, intramuscular injection uh, are uh, fairly drastic. Uh, when you look at l- large numbers of them, uh, they were calling it the, the the injection syndrome and various things. It, it was uh, the uh, polio virus, for example, taken orally, uh, didn't produce the same uh, rate of uh, paralysis that uh, the, the uh, any kind of of uh, uh, injected material, even if it wasn't a, a vaccine, uh, predisposed the uh, part that was injected, uh, like the left arm or the right leg, uh, uh, to paralytic polio. Uh, and uh, so the uh, the effects, the harmful effects of ordinary vaccines, are very significantly. Uh, uh, partly the result uh, of uh, the uh, injecting a powerful antigen uh, which uh, animal experiments show that the antigen is taken up not only by the bloodstream but by the nerve axons Uh, and uh, there is a two-way transport of substance in the big uh, uh, nerves uh, all all the way from your uh, leg or arm for example uh, transported directly into the cell body in the brain or spinal cord and the animal experiments showed that the microparticles of aluminum hydroxide can be traced very quickly just a day or two from the injection site into the nerve body cell in the brain uh, where it then affects uh, the uh, disposition uh, of the of that part of the body to, to be especially susceptible to uh, paralysis or other injury
2: that's very interesting, Dr. Pete, bringing up the issue of smallpox vaccine being so successful because it was scratched into the skin because when we were studying in England. The microbiologist that came to the herbal school to teach us microbiology worked for the British government as a microbiologist, and they told us, students, that the only successful vaccine in the history of vaccination was the smallpox vaccine. So I wonder why they didn't take that clue of its success being because it was scratched into the skin in a more natural way and thereby um, basically granted lifelong immunity to smallpox.
3: I wonder yeah, if medicine the, will
2: come around eventually to making vaccines like that.
3: If you look at the history of where the idea of using a hypodermic needle to administer drugs at first and then vaccines later, Uh, The the, uh, uh, one branch of uh, professional medicine uh, wanted to monopolize the business and keep the herbalists uh, and uh, uh, natural healers of uh, all of the different schools, homeopathy and uh, uh, naturopathy and so on, to keep them uh, out of the business. And... uh, uh, Finally, they they got the uh, laws passed that gave them a monopoly on uh, injecting uh, uh, things uh, intravenously or intramuscularly. Uh, And so uh, there there was no science justifying the need uh, to inject uh, a drug. The herbalists gave teas uh, and the naturopaths gave foods and so on. Uh, there is absolutely no uh, rationale uh, they invent rationale such as uh, uh, substances are destroyed in the stomach if you don't uh, uh, inject them and so on uh, uh, again no science supporting it in almost every case uh, it was simply uh, a way of monopolizing uh, the way uh, to Give what they said was the only effective way to administer drugs, and that got carried over to crazily giving vaccines in the worst possible way.
2: Wow, it was uh, job security.
1: You're listening to Ask Your Herb Doctor on KMUD Garberville 91.1 FM. From now until the end of the show, you're invited to call in the questions. Dr. Raymond Peake joining us for this month's discourse on the continuing saga with COVID-19. And then towards the middle, late part of the show, um, we're going to get into the authoritarian um, model that is being foisted um, on us. So the number is
2: 707-923-3911, 707-923-3911. Dr. P, I wanted to ask you how you would respond to someone who has been vaccinated and says, well, I might still get COVID, COVID COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, but I won't die from it and the symptoms will be much less severe. I might get it over and over, but I'll be fine every time and I won't die from it. How would you respond to someone's...
3: um... Uh, Ask for the evidence supporting that. Uh, The the, uh, CDC simply, uh, when they saw the vaccine didn't prevent infections and didn't prevent spreading uh, the disease, uh, they just out of thin air said, uh, well, it's preventing hospitalizations and uh, death. But but the figures, uh, they manipulated the figures and included people who had not been vaccinated at the beginning the first few months of the vaccination campaign, Uh, the number of vaccinated was building up gradually. And so if you looked at the whole span, uh, it was only the more recent ones who had had Uh, the full uh, uh, two or three doses of uh, vaccines uh, and uh, using uh, uh, very crudely uh, misrepresented statistics uh, uh, was the best they could do. Uh, And uh, now uh, the last several months, uh, uh, such as Steve Kirshen's uh, observations, uh, the the figures are very clear that uh, more people are dying being hospitalized, uh, and getting sick uh, uh, in proportion to their uh, number of vaccinations.
0: And you've got a couple of well, callers.
3: Was... Uh, hold okay, ahead.
2: hold on one moment. So, Dr. Pete, just to finish that topic up, that was a talking point for Big Pharma? Is that what you're saying? Uh,
3: uh, yeah, just, just a, a made-up phrase that they could repeat well, hundreds of times uh, until people said,
1: well, that's the truth.
2: Yes, okay, thank
1: I, you. I just want to make sure for people that are listening that if you want to go check out uh, Professor Sucharit Bhakti's uh, work, let me spell his name for you. He's a German, but he's Indian. Uh, S-O-U-C-H-A-R-I-T, Sucharit, and his last name is B-H-A-K-D-I. Uh, so don't you... Say again, Dr. Pete? Uh, it's B A K H D I. K.H. Barkley. Excellent. Okay. Thanks for that. Let's uh, take this first call. The caller you're on the airway from, what's your question? I'm from uh,
4: the Arcata, northern Humboldt uh, Bay area. Um, Humboldt Bay, yeah. So um, I was just going to make a comment regarding um, your statement about the, uh, you know, basically the people who, um, the greatest number of people, getting infected now um, are those that have been vaccinated. And I wasn't sure if, um, basically, because the majority, I mean, we have, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's the majority of people um, are vaccinated, so the numbers are higher uh, on that cohort of people. And number two, the, uh, you know, Omicron variants are, you know, um bypassing or infecting, you know, vaccinated people. So, um, it kind of makes sense that you would have the largest number of people, you know, um, being, um, the vaccinated group, unless that was normalized, you know, per capita or, or however you do it. Um, anyway, that was just one comment. So I didn't know if that, uh, what that fact you threw out, um, was kind of uh, corrected based on the number of people, you know, vaccinated um, or not. But, yeah, basically uh, for Omicron, the vaccinations aren't stopping uh, infection, obviously. Um, and, and the second point I wanted to make, I mean, I never got vaccinated, and uh, I got infected twice at least. Um, I got the early alpha Variant, and then I got Delta here, uh, right around Christmas, um, this last Christmas here, and they were very different infections. Um, but um, and I got long COVID after the first one, um, and I just wanted to make the point that you know I had that same sort of um, attitude, which was kind of a risk analysis, and you know death rate's pretty low. I'm pretty healthy, and I'm kind of anti-vax mostly to begin with or I was brought up that way, so I figured, you know, with the percentage of death, you know, I had, and my health, uh, I had a good chance of being okay, and it definitely, um, you know, the Delta variant was really hard on me, so in in short, I just wanted to stress that there are, there are uh, a significant number of young, healthy people that are getting like long COVID and serious uh seriously ill and people are dying. Um so it's not completely I don't you know, we shouldn't completely dismiss it as oh it's not a real pandemic type of thing. I understand where you're coming from and uh I love what you guys are saying. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um I'll, 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 uh, oh, go ahead
1: yeah i i appreciate your level headed and candid um, questioning the The numbers and if Dr. Pete wants to say anything to the um, the statistical numbers of vaccinated versus who is getting infected and or the omicron variant being um, evading um, the quote unquote vaccine's ability to stop it um The numbers I think in in our county, you're in Humboldt here, so I I think here in Northern California, I don't think there's more than 60, I think 56 or 60% of the population have received one or two doses, Um, so I don't think they've got a fully inoculated uh, public, so um, the people, the people that do seem to be getting it more from these three, the three main reports that I was bringing out in tonight's show. One was the UK, which was very open and transparent about it from day one, um, but pretty much uh, in April it started shutting down the data, saying that they were no longer funding mass, um, mass uh, kind of questionnaire policies, vaccination, uh, and then results. They uh, basically stopped reporting on that and saying that essentially there's no use doing it anymore because, quote-unquote, it wasn't working uh, and that they were still seeing COVID cases and that the variants that were coming now were basically self-nullifying themselves. People were catching it, as you said, the Omicron variant is very, uh, quote-unquote, a contagious variant, uh, not like supposedly the other variants weren't, but it's very contagious with very mild um, symptoms. So I think the... The papers were mainly the UK paper, the one in Australia, which might got into it in a little bit, but seventeen hundred percent increase in hospitalized patients are the vaccinated, not the four times. Four out of five hospitalized patients are vaccinated. And then the other
2: Well, that's on top of Australia having very low numbers before they started the vaccine program. That's another um, research article.
1: So and then there's the other one, the New Zealand Of health, showing that the triple vaccinated are now more vulnerable to COVID infection and hospitalisation than the unvaccinated. So, I I do appreciate your questions, caller. Um, Dr. P.
4: Okay, I'll listen. I'll listen off the air. Thank you, guys.
1: Sure. Yeah, you're welcome, Uh, Dr. P. I I Um, couldn't hear the caller at all. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Oops. Okay, Well, let, we'll have to... I think we'll probably just skip that then. Uh, not that we wanted to, but if you didn't hear it, then not much we well, can Well, there's do. one
2: thing I want to um, say to the caller is that the tests that say you've had SARS-CoV-2, mm-hmm. you know, the okay. PCR has been proven to have lots of false positives. The rapid antigen test has been proven to be fairly inaccurate, and... The gold standard, so they say SARS-CoV-2 antibody test, um, can test antibodies for coronaviruses you have had at any point in your life. In the fine print of the SARS-CoV-2 antibody test, I know because I took the test, it says you can have a false positive for SARS-CoV-2 if you've ever been exposed to a coronavirus, such as the common colds. So, in answer to the caller, I think um, some of these flus are getting misdiagnosed. I mean, even Deborah Burks of the CDC said that early, early on in the pandemic, that approximately 25% of their COVID cases were influenza-like illness and not SARS-CoV-2. And the other thing I wanted to say is that, yes, influenza kills people every year, and It's not something you want to take lightly, whether it's influenza from pneumonia or from SARS-CoV-2. So, yeah, it does kill people. And we're not trying to say that this doesn't kill people, but we're trying to say that these data figures that we're being told on even the CDC's website are not matching up because influenza-like illnesses should not just all of a sudden disappear, and all we have is SARS-CoV-2.
0: And we have okay, another call-up? Do, do, do we have another call-up? Yes, we do. Well, let's see if they hung out. Caller, you are on yeah. the air.
1: Hi, okay, so, Caller, you're on the air. What's your question? Where are you from?
5: I'm from the area here, uh, Lower uh, Humboldt, um Northern Mendo. Um, is, can Dr. Pete hear me, too? Can you all hear me?
0: He's on what we call Telus Two, and it's often has problems here, and he may not be able to hear you, Dr. Pete, do you hear the caller
3: i, I can hear someone talking, but I can't understand a word of it.
0: Uh, well, hopefully uh, Andrew and Sarah will pass on the meat yeah. of it if he has yeah, go ahead
5: um... okay, but just the why I'm calling is uh especially after the oxy cotton scandal. It just seems to me like uh, the medical, American Medical Association, the union, the people, the doctors and nurses all together would have more power, or at least a little bit of power, over the pharmaceutical industries that are patsying them out to be croakers. You know, I mean, I don't think they're okay with being used in the way they are and going against their Hippocratic oaths.
4: I, to I do think, the wrong
5: thing, and I just want to ask you: overall, the gist is uh why are they? Why do the doctors that I know would be on your side to do the right thing, and nurses? Why do they seem so powerless? I mean,
1: okay. I, well, let me. That's a very good, uh, uh, Doctor P. I, I know you couldn't hear the question, but the caller's question uh, about these seemingly powerless. Um, ability of doctors and nurses to resist what's going on uh, when they smell a rat. And I think most people have smelt this rat fairly early on. I wanted to bring out our next subject, which was the mass formation psychosis. Um, Uh,
3: uh, uh, There is some of that, but there is just some uh, brute force that they lose their job or have their license taken away if if they don't follow the uh, proper line Okay, I have a
5: follow-up question on Dr. Pete's response, if you can still hear me. and I'm there. Go ahead. Uh, okay, I would like to know, like, okay, I know unions have some power, and even on an individual level, like, but this should be on a mass level, and we're talking about people's lives, so I know that's what I'm saying. It seems like the majority of doctors and nurses would be on the right side, and I have, I've seen it, yeah, like you guys said. Instead of like, being able to organize, they get individually persecuted and prosecuted in courts. And well, usually
1: coming, unions coming have down more power than
5: that. So I'm wondering why the union isn't standing up against Big Pharma.
1: A lot of, a lot of it is fear. Uh, fear and exerting control over your finances by canceling you. It's all part of a media brainwashing, oh, social brainwashing. I think
5: they're listening in.
1: <laughs> I wanted to, uh, Dr. Pete, can you hear me? Uh, I, I can hear you. Okay. I wanted to just mention this mass formation psychosis. It, it kind of, the definition is a uh, aligning a large part of society to a certain cause, event, or series of events where their attention focuses on one small point or issue. And it's been used to describe the ascent of Hitler, uh, the Hitler Youth Movement, and ultimately the Nazification of Germany in World War II. All these things led to a blind eye in turn, to the horrors of those times, not just the persecution of the Jews, the seizing of property and internment in the labor and death camps associated with the Holocaust, but every aspect of the war in which so much life was lost. And they were aligned with the leader who sowed discord and vowed vengeance and the Germanic superiority worldwide. This was something the Germans could be united in and rally around their leader for having been deflated by Germany's loss of the First World War and the sanctions and penalties levied against Germany as a result of their being defeated in it. So for COVID, this mass formation psychosis took the form of the vaccine narrative, And the imperative that governments knew best and were the arbiters of truth, dissenting scientists were vilified or cancelled by today's masters of the universe, the totalitarians veiled in social media-esque, cuddly and cute thought police, sanctioning your free speech and right to self-determination as enshrined in our constitution, in law. And Dr. Pete. Uh, Your opinion on this, we've specifically covered totalitarianism in the past, and that last caller's question was related to this very question I was going to put to you. Uh, uh,
3: Yeah, the the educational system uh, is increasingly, uh, 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 if if you weren't in the military, uh, uh, you you can uh, look at the uh, boot camp uh, for preparing people to be soldiers, and see similarities uh, between medical school, uh, overworking them, uh, uh, stressing them by uh, depriving them of sleep. Uh, 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 Those those are uh, effectively brainwashing techniques to uh, get them to conform uh, uh, to the system, not to question the authority of the professor in one case or the authority of the uh, officers in the military. But uh, uh, all of formal education has been moving in that authoritarian direction. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, doctor DeSmet's uh, uh, analogy between the uh, uh, virus uh, uh, vaccine cult and the Nazi uh, cult. Uh, uh, the analogy is very close. But the, the democracies, so-called, uh, have used uh, uh, somewhat subtler methods, uh, uh, public relations, uh, uh, propaganda. Uh, in the First World War, the U.S. had an office of propaganda uh, that convinced uh, most Americans that Germans uh, were bloodthirsty Nazis, uh, bloodthirsty monsters, uh, and uh, that was revived uh, during the Nazi period uh, to uh, uh, make people uh, uh, think the the soldiers uh, uh, were uh, as monstrous uh, as the propaganda said. But uh, uh, the, the uh, democracies uh, get uh, uh, almost uh, as cultish a uh, uh, polarization between uh, the enemy who is all evil uh, and our side which is all good uh, public relations uh, uh, builds up uh, through advertising and education uh, a similar ideology uh, in which people don't want to uh, think about uh, the uh, virtues of other cultures and the way they do things uh, uh, the manufacture of consent uh, is uh, the idea of using uh, public uh, uh, relations, advertising, uh, uh, propaganda, uh, and education uh, to, uh, to keep people from thinking about uh, the actual issues and turning it into uh, us against them, uh, even without the uh, uh, involvement of a, of a war and having an enemy to kill but going from the uh, manufactured uh, propaganda uh, uh, consent uh, uh, if you have the uh, uh, pre-existing factors that uh itemized uh, uh, loneliness uh, uh, atomization lo- loss of uh, social bonds in the culture uh, work at jobs that make no sense uh, 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 and separate you from uh, other workers uh, and uh, 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 make you feel uh, uh, like your uh, life is devoted to meaningless activity. So I have to
0: break in because we are almost out of time and we have a caller who's been very patiently waiting. Caller, you have got 30 seconds. (laughs) Ask your question. Uh, Thank you. This is
5: James. I'm from Arizona. My niece was recently vaccinated with MMR and chickenpox at the same visit. And then she had a temperature within a week. My mom gave her Tylenol, and she had a febrile seizure. Is this more a vaccine problem or a
1: Tylenol problem? That's all. Thank you. Dr. Pete, did you um, hear the quest- caller's question? I'm sorry that you were cut off there, but did you hear the caller's question? Uh, uh,
3: uh, yeah, Tylenol uh, has very serious side effects and for example prenatal use of Tylenol is well associated with the increased risk of autism and it's a matter of of a toxic effects any inflammation during gestation or poisoning by, by something such as Tylenol will increase uh, birth defects uh, and uh, neurological defects such as autism. So do you
1: think that febrile illness was... Uh...
2: for the seizure, was that from yeah. the Tylenol in combination with the COVID vaccine, the MMR COVID vaccine? It wasn't
1: the COVID vaccine, was the MMR and... Uh... Uh, oh, sorry, uh, she had the
2: MMR, not,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, they
3: tell... The measles, mumps, and rubella. They warn people not to use aspirin before getting vaccinated because aspirin actually defends against the harmful effects of vaccines. But Tylenol is poisonous enough that it doesn't
1: protect very well against the inflammatory damage. Let's hold you there, and thank you very much, Dr. Pete. Let's give out your information. Thank you for joining us. Okay, you're welcome. For those people who've listened to the show, um, they are recorded on the audio archives, folks. If you go to the tab on kmud.org, go to the audio archives. uh, The last Friday, a third Friday of each month, Ask Your Air Doctor is under Friday Night Talk. Uh, The show can be downloaded. Uh, We've got a bunch of shows to upload, which we still haven't done. But Dr. Pete's website is raypeat.com, R-A-Y-P-E-A-T.com. Go check him out, folks. Uh, He's been doing this for about 40-something years, and he's got lots of articles and several books that he's written and newsletters that he just produces uh, bi-monthly. Go check him out. And our name's Western Botanical Medicine, uh, both licensed medical herbalists. And until the third Friday of May, my name's Andrew Murray.
2: My name's Sarah Johannesson Murray. Thank you for joining us in tonight's radio show. Good night.